morning new promise church ready to worship with us this morning you can just all stand up and join us
joyful, joyful, we adore you, God of glory, Lord of love. Hearts unfold like clouds before you, opening to the sun above. Melt the clouds of sin and sadness, drive the dark of doubt away. Giver of eternal gladness, fill us with the light of day. You are the one who saves. You are the one who saves. You are the one who lifts. Lift us from the grave. You are the light of life. The everlasting.
What a beautiful day you have made. Today is the day that you have made, and we rejoice. And we are so glad in it, Father, as we continue to celebrate the incarnation, the advent, the coming of your birth, Emmanuel, God with us. We thank you so much for being with us here this morning, Father. You're here to meet with us, and we are here to meet with you. And Father, is as strong as the wind blew yesterday in this area, we ask the power of your Holy Spirit to blow life and great life into our lives in powerful ways, Lord Jesus. And Father, as beautiful as the sun is this morning, Father, we ask you to radiate in our lives, Father. Be glorified. Be the center of attention in everything that is said and done, Lord Jesus. And Father, in this season of giving and receiving all out of love, Father, we are so thankful to having received from you already so much in our lives. But Lord, we want to receive more from you 
in our lives, Lord Jesus. And so, Father, we ask you this morning to increase our capacity, to increase our faith and our trust, our expectancy in you based on what your word says you will do in our lives, Lord Jesus. May we possess all of the promises of God that are yea and amen in Jesus Christ. And so, Father, this morning, we just ask you to continue to bless this time. Bless Amy and Dawn and the children back in the children's ministry this morning. Bless Pastor Nick and the teenagers, Father, in Fusion Youth this morning, Lord Jesus. And Father, would you bless us here this morning, Father. Bless us with the peacefulness and the power of your presence, Father, in this place. If, if anybody's come in discouraged this morning, our prayer is that they leave encouraged. If they came in without hope, that they leave with hope. If they came without you, that they find you this morning and that they hear the call of your Holy Spirit on their lives this morning, Lord Jesus. Thank you so much, Father, for meeting here with us this morning and inhabiting our praises because we are here to meet with you. And we pray this in Jesus' name. And everybody said... Amen and amen. God bless you. Now, before you're seated, let's do something we haven't done in a while. If you're comfortable doing this, we haven't done this since the pandemic, but I think we're safe enough that we can get back to this. While the, the band plays the chorus again, just go around to each other for a few minutes and shake hands or give a quick hug and say Merry Christmas. So glad that you're here this morning. Go ahead right now. Amen. That's great. Thank you. You may be seated. If any of you are first-time or second-time visitors here, good morning. I'm Rory Gruters. I'm the senior pastor here at New Promise Church, and we are so glad that you have chosen to worship the Lord Jesus Christ with us here this morning. In your seat back pockets, you will find—thank you, guys—you will find um, connection cards this morning. Uh, in your seat back pockets. And so if you are newer here and we don't have uh, uh, your contact information and you'd like us to have it, we would love to have it. We don't share it with anybody. We just use it in-house so that we can put you on our in-house emailing list when we do email blasts from the church, just about information and, and stuff like that that's going on in the church. On the flip side of that connection card, you'll see where it says at the top, prayer requests and praise reports. Here at New Promise Church, we love to pray with you and stand with you in faith for those things that you need God to do in your life. And so we would ask that you would just write down the, the highlights. Don't, don't, some, sometimes people say that space is so small. God knows all the details. We don't need all the, to know all the details. We just need to know the highlights of what you need prayer for. And we'll stand with you and believe and trust God to take care of you as he always has. And then below that, you're going to see a spot for praise reports. And we always believe here at New Promise Church that as we bring God our prayer requests, we also want to bring God our praises. We want to proclaim God's glorious work of what he's doing in our lives. And so one way of doing that is put it on a praise report. And if you want us to share it publicly with the rest of the church, make sure to write that at the bottom. We would love to send it out in an email blast and continue to celebrate with you the great things that God is doing in and through your life in Jesus Christ. And then just take those connection cards and either put them in the offering uh, boxes on the wall as you exit the auditorium this morning or give them 
to one of the ushers or greeters or put them on the welcome desk out there as you leave and we'll make sure that they get to the office. Alrighty, thank you so much for that. Um, this morning we have a very special guest, a good friend of Karen's and mine, Miss, Mrs. Joanne Hone from Bradenton, Florida. Karen grew up with Joanne and Joanne grew up with Karen uh, a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away up in Winnipeg, Manitoba. They attended Calvary Temple Church together and they went through choirs together and orchestras together and they've been friends for a number of years. And then I got to meet uh, Joanne and Ralph uh, when I married into the family and I found out, I think this morning, you guys only married a year or two before we did, actually, it sounds like. And uh, we have some commonalities uh, between our two families. As you know, uh, our daughter Mariah went through some serious medical issues uh, when she was just 10 days old. And uh, Joanne will tell you more about this in a minute, but their second oldest son uh, went through uh, some life and death uh, medical emergencies as well too. And we both shared the same prayer over our children. We looked at them and said, "We, you will not die in Jesus' name. And uh, they moved from Winnipeg, Manitoba down. And I had to laugh this morning before the first service in the prayer room. Somebody was praying and they kind of chuckled. They said, Lord, we thank you for the, for the invasion of the Canadians in, in our church. Hallelujah. So, because uh, yeah, uh, as many of you know, Karen is Canadian and Joanne, of course, is Canadian. And actually, I am my immigration. I'm a dual citizen, uh, born and raised here in the States and immigrated to Canada a number of years ago. And... Um, uh, 17 years ago, you and Ralph moved down from Winnipeg, Manitoba to Bradenton, Florida, which is the Tampa area. And it's, it doesn't seem like 17 years has gone by so fast, but it, it has. And they have uh, four children, four children. And I don't know how many grandkids, but y'all look too young to have grandkids. So, um, but they got grandchildren too. And she was the speaker last night at the Her Christmas Banquet. There was about 56 ladies there. And I heard uh, from multiple sources, a good time was had by all, that the Holy Spirit was there, the anointing of God was there. And it was just a great night all the way around, not just feeding the belly, but feeding the soul as well too. And so this morning, uh, Joanne is going to be bringing a word from God's Holy Spirit about increasing our faith, increasing our capacity, our trust, our expectancy in God. And, and I know you're going to love it because I heard it in the first service. And it's an awesome message, very biblically based, socially minded, and intentionally Christian focused on Jesus. So without further ado, would you please welcome our very good friend, Mrs. Joanne Holm. Thank you so much. Uh, what a privilege to be here. And thank you guys for your warm welcome and uh, it's so great, and, and I just want to thank Rory and Karen for having me here. I, I know that this is a sacred place, so thank you for trusting me to be here this weekend, and um, I just appreciate it, and thank you guys. So many of you have loved on me and welcomed me and, and had conversations, and I'm so grateful. And for those I haven't met, I, I hope we get a chance to meet afterwards. But um, I just want to say I know um, that the Gruders are new here to uh, New Promise Church, but I just want to say from someone who's known them for a very long time, uh, you know, Karen and I have known each other since probably I was six or seven years old. Um, our families were friends before we were ever born. And, um, you know, then meeting Rory, yeah, long time ago. <laughs> and, uh, and, and watching their lives um, over a long period of time, you see patterns. And I just want to just really affirm to you of someone who's known them 
for a lifetime, that they are a family of integrity and of faithfulness and of loving God and loving people. So um, I hope you guys know you've got some great pastors here, and um, we're excited for what your future holds as a church, and we just, I'm just praying increase and blessing on all of you and you as a church. But um, I just want to, uh, first of all, uh, I have some books back here. Uh, this, I'm going to talk, what I'm going to share with you today is out of a couple chapters of this book, Victorious Living. Um, I have, it also is a curriculum that's been around the world, and um, a devotional back there, so feel free to do that. But let's just open in prayer. Lord, I just pray that your spirit would come in, and that you would teach each and every one of us. I just pray that there would be revelation knowledge of your word today. And Lord, I pray more than anything that they not see me, but they just see you, and that you would speak individually to each and every heart in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we're in Christmas, right? News bulletin. And um, Christmas is the story of God's greatest gift to humanity, right? Through the Son of Jesus Christ. Um, proof that God will hold nothing back to bring redemption, to bring healing, to bring restoration, to right the wrongs that we do, to bring forgiveness. I mean, it is the greatest story of redemption and of healing and rescuing you could possibly ever imagine. That's the story of Christmas, of Jesus Christ, and of God holding nothing back. So if he will hold back nothing and he will send his only son, I want to challenge you today to believe that God will hold nothing back from you to meet you where you're at in your life for any crisis that you may face, in your family, in your finances, in your, in your physical body. There is nothing God will hold back from you. You see, too many times we put God in a box and we think, hey, Jesus came so that I can be saved and I can go to heaven, and then we kind of tough it out until then, right? <laughs> We're gonna suffer till Jesus comes. We're gonna make it till then, and then it's gonna be good. But I think God is bigger than that. I don't think that God is so limited that when he sent Jesus to the earth and gave that lavishly and that huge a gift to us, and he died on a cross for everything we could ever need, I don't believe he came just for our salvation for eternity, but I believe God could, is big enough to accomplish everything we could ever need on that cross. I believe that he accomplished healing. I believe he accomplished restoration for your family. I believe he accomplished salvation, healing, forgiveness, everything. So what I want us to do is I want to stretch our capacity a little bit to see that maybe God is a little bit bigger than what we knew. Maybe he's a little bit bigger than what we thought. Um, because I believe God wants to meet you exactly where you're at and, and to take you to a better place today. So our story, we've been married for 31 and a half years, and um, my husband and I both have served Jesus since we were young. I was five years old when I accepted Jesus. My husband was around eight years old. We both grew up in godly homes, great homes. We never rebelled. We weren't on drugs or drinking. We don't have one of those crazy stories. But what we do have is we got married, and we were loving Jesus, right? Faithful, serving in church, doing everything we were supposed to do. And we got into our first year of marriage, and wow, did reality hit us. Now, none of you have probably ever experienced any of that, but I'll just tell you my story. Um, we were not looking at, you know, divorce wasn't an option, but murder was a serious consideration. <laughs> okay, so that first year, you know, we'd sleep with one eye open because we weren't sure if the other was going to smother us to death or not. But it was rough. And we we're like, God, where are you? And within a few years, we went from when we got married, my husband had been very successful in business and was doing really, really well 
and we owned a home, all this kind of stuff. And a few years in, all of a sudden, we were penniless and had no money even for food. We were maxed out. We were borrowing money to eat with two children. You know, now this is a place of like, God, where are you? We had a child who was in a life-threatening situation. We had serious illnesses. And the question that came to me was, God, if we have been faithful to you, if you are such a good God, where are you? Because we sure didn't see it. We had served our whole life. We knew we were going to heaven, but we didn't know that God had an answer for us here. What God did in our lives was he took us from being penniless to being wealthy. He took us from being sick to being supernaturally, medically documented, miraculously healed over and over again. He took our marriage from being in a place of broken, we didn't ever want to see each other's face ever again, to being of best friends where we minister side by side around the world now together. God can do amazing things. And now, with everything that we came through and what we learned about God and what I'm going to teach you today, now we minister in our church, and we have seen thousands of supernatural miracles. We have seen people healed and restored. We've seen blind eyes seen. We've heard, we've seen um, ears open up. We've seen families restored. We've seen it all. And we're having a revival going on. But there's a process. Because what took us from a place of hopelessness, because we love Jesus— Right, because many times I think, as long as you love Jesus, it's going to be good. But yet, we love Jesus, and it was all very broken. But something happened that took us from hopeless to supernatural. Does anyone want to know what that is? Yeah, okay. Well, I'm going to share it with you anyhow, okay? So here we go. Um, there was a day where uh, my husband grew up believing— he grew up in a, you know, a great Bible-believing church, that, but they didn't believe in miracles— they didn't—they said it was a scam. He grew up thinking that it was a scam. Miracles don't happen. That was back in the Bible. You know, it, that's just—it's all a lie. I grew up where I had seen miracles happen, and I knew God could heal, but I didn't know He would heal. Now, those sound like two very similar things, but they're very—they're a world apart. Because God can heal means He'll heal you, but I don't think He's going to heal me. But when you knew that God would heal you, now all of a sudden, hey, wait, healing is mine too. Okay, so there's a world of difference. So I knew he could heal, but I didn't know he would heal. My husband came from a place where God can't heal. It's impossible. That's a scam. It's all smoke and mirrors. So we're sitting, we went to a, we were in our late 20s, and we were searching because we were like, God, you've got to have an answer for us. If you have an answer for our salvation— and you died on that cross, there's got to be an answer for our marriage. There's got to be an answer for all of these different things. So we'd gone to this church, and that pastor, that day that pastor was talking about healing. And then he prayed for the sick at the end of the service. Now, my husband had had a bad knee and was in a lot of pain with his knee, and I, I pushed him forward to go up for prayer. I'm like, he's like, this is a scam, honey. Like, there's no way. It's a scam. Don't you get it? And I'm like, what have you got to lose? So I literally pushed him down the aisle. He went up. And as the pastor was praying, he just quickly touched him, and he says, in God's healing eyes, and he kept going. Well, since my husband was three years old, he had worn glasses and had very poor vision, so he needed glasses um, to see. Well, that day, his knee got healed, and <laughs> he, he went to put his glasses on and realized, man, something's not right with my glasses. He took them off, and it took him a whole six months to finally realize his vision had been completely restored and healed that day, and he's never worn glasses since, and he's, you know, in his mid-50s now and doesn't even need readers. Like, his eyes were completely restored. But what happened was, all of a sudden, we went, oh, my goodness. This is not the God that I knew. I knew God had an attorney for him, but I didn't know that I served a God that could heal me. 
that could restore me, that could do this. And we started delving in to realize we needed to know about this gargantuous, huge God that was so much bigger than we had ever imagined. And so that was our journey. So we want to talk about how we can walk you through that journey. Because why do some people experience these kinds of miracles and others don't? Right? I get that question all the time. Well, how come they got a miracle and I don't? And I'm just, I'm begging God as much as anyone else and I'm not seeing it. But there's a few keys that I want you to know because God does not answer according to need. He answers according to faith. We serve a good God and the Bible says that he will hold nothing. He's a yes and amen. There is nothing he will not give to you. But it has to be mixed in faith, right? So Hebrews 4, 2. For we also have had the gospel preached to us, just as they did. But the message they heard was of no value to them, because those who heard it did not combine it with faith. Here's three words that are really crucial. Combine it with faith. I, I can't count. Those are four words. Combine it with faith. <laughs> Here's the thing is, we're sitting here, and you guys are all hearing what I'm saying. You're hearing me read scripture. I'm going to share more scripture. You're all going to hear it. But how it impacts you is going to be different for each and every person. Some of you will go, hey, great message, and it's going to go out, and it's not going to affect your life, and I'm not offended. But my hope is that you all of a sudden start putting faith to it, because if you can put faith to the word of God and to the message you hear, it will change your life. You see, that's the difference, is it has to be combined with faith. So we've got to understand this power of faith. Now, um, faith is the foundation for every area of our life, right? 2 Corinthians 5, 7. We live by faith and not by sight, right? My good, we serve a God. We come to church. We, you know, as Christians, we revolve our life around someone we've never seen. That takes faith, right? A God we've never seen, but yet we believe in him. That's faith. And so faith, it has to go beyond just of our salvation. It's got to go to every part of our life to understand all that God has for us. So here's the other problem. Here's the problem that I have found comes a lot of times, which holds us back from the miraculous. And it's in Mark 7, 13. You nullify the word of God by your tradition that you have handed down. So who nullifies it? We do. Because what we do is we take the word of God and we put our tradition, our experiences, over the Word of God. And we translate the Word of God through our experience instead of taking the Word of God and changing our experience. You see? You know what? As an example, well, my, my husband is a great one, right? Well, healing doesn't work because I've never seen it happen. My, I've always been taught it doesn't happen. So it doesn't matter what the Word of God says. I haven't seen it happen, so it can't be real right? I, if I bring a message on healing, right, and I share a story that someone's been healed from cancer, which we just had another man, a t tumor disappeared off of his, a cancer tumor just disappeared off his, his body a few months ago. I can share that, but then you're kind of like, well, I've never seen it. My Aunt Susie died of cancer, so I don't believe healing. Where was God then? You know, we take our circumstance, and we put it as more, as, as priority over the Word of God, instead of putting the word of God as priority over our circumstance. You see? Because what's what we have to do is we have to take the word of God and change our experience, not allow our word experience to change the word of God. Does that make sense? Because what we'll do is we'll nullify everything God wants to do because of our stinking thinking. So what we have to do is we have to evaluate how our faith and our blessing correlate 
so we can fully see how it can happen. Because maybe you've never asked yourself this question. I know we asked ourselves this question many times, is why doesn't my faith work? I have faith, I believe in Jesus. Why doesn't my faith work? That's the point we were at, is like, why isn't my faith working? Why isn't my walk with God working? Why am I in this disastrous place? But um, how many of you have ever had a coin? Okay, yeah, I'm interactive, so you gotta work with me, okay? <laughs> I'm gonna pull it out of you. Anyhow, so if you've ever had a coin, there are two sides to a coin, is that right? There's a heads and a tails, unless somebody's trying to pull one over on you and there's two heads to it, right? So they can win a coin cost. But there's a head and a tail. So for that to be used in a store, to be used to purchase something, for it to be legal, it has to have two different sides, correct? If I had a $100 bill with two heads on it, you know that that is a fake bill. It has to have two different sides. And spiritual, our spiritual walk has to have two different sides to it. Now, these two words are often thought of to be the same, but they're very different. And it's faith and belief. Now, many times we go, oh, we, we interact, we interchange these two. But we have to look at the difference, the unique difference of belief and faith, because they are the same coin, but they're two different sides to it. And in order to fully access everything God has for you, you need both sides of that coin for it to be legal. So I want to explain what these differences are. Belief is what we believe or think is possible. Okay, we have a belief system. We have to believe that something's going to happen. If you go to the water fountain, you have to believe water's going to come out of that in order to go to it. Otherwise, why would you go to it? right? So you need a belief of something that's going to happen. But faith is how we respond to what we believe. It's the action of our faith. So going to a water fountain, I believe water's going to come out of that. Your act, faith is your action that actually goes there, turns it on, drinks from the fountain, okay? It's a correlating action. Now, here's a great example. How many of you would believe, and here once again, I'm asking you a question, which means I need a response, okay? So how many of you would believe if we worked out for an hour a day, and you ate perfectly healthy, that you would be healthier and in greater shape. Right, I believe that wholeheartedly. A thousand percent, I believe that. But do I work out an hour a day and eat perfectly? No. Right, maybe some of you do. You probably all are much better at this than I am, but I don't. But the thing is, I have a belief system that I'm not acting on. I fully believe it, but I'm not acting on it. And so until I actually act on my belief system, I'm not in faith, okay? So there is a corresponding action. With our salvation, we have to believe in Jesus Christ, right? We have to, it's not enough just to believe in him, that he died, he rose again for us, that he forgave us of our sin, that he has this amazing life for us. We have to actually have faith to act on it and say, okay, Jesus, I'm gonna give you my life. Right? There's a corresponding action, and that's how belief and faith come together. But um, I want to share a story with you. Because in, we can often, in the Christian world, get, get used to all the right things to say. We know all the right things to believe, but yet we don't ever put the action of faith to it. Now, um, before we started our church, we were attending a, another church, and um, my husband was sitting on the board. It was a large church, and um, we, there was a guest minister coming in. And this church didn't teach on faith very much, and we were kind of hungry for faith. But God had changed our lives. When we started understanding these concepts and the belief and faith side of things, our life just went crazy. I mean, 
you know, our finances changed, our health changed, every part of our life radically changed. And at that point, my husband, we owned a real estate company, he did a lot of commercial residential realty, and the market was not really good at that time. But he was making like high six figures at that point in time. And because he was putting godly principles in, we were using faith, our belief system. We just knew what God was wanting to do through us. We were pouring money into the kingdom of God. It was, it was this great season. This minister came in, and, you know, Ralph introduced himself. Hey, I'm in real estate. And the minister goes, oh, poor you. That must be horrible. And Ralph's like, no, actually, it is really great. We're just, God is blessing me. God is walking me into opportunity, and I've got favor, and God is just so good. And this, this minister's like, oh, pff, come on, you're full of it. There's no way you could be doing good in this market. There's, it's impossible. Well, this went on for like 10, 15 minutes, and he's literally fighting with Ralph. And the other board members are like, okay, buddy, like, really? He's doing okay. You may want to back. This is not the one you want to pick a fight with. And, and, and Ralph was getting so frustrated. And he was like, it's impossible. You're just so full of it. I can't believe you're, you won't tell me the truth. Ralph finally is like, you know what? I'm just going to respectfully walk away from this conversation. So he comes in, and we sit in the service with this pastor's message. And he sits beside me, and he's a little ticked off, but we didn't have time to talk. And this pastor starts talking on faith and how God can do the impossible, and nothing's impossible with God. And, and all of a sudden, Ralph starts hitting me. He goes, we're out of here. And I'm like, no, this is a great message. I mean, I've been waiting for somebody to preach about faith. He is bang on every scripture, every single aspect, every point was bang on. And Ralph's like, really? I said, no, we're staying till the end because this is a good message, right? Well, we get out, and he goes, I am so frustrated. And he told me what happened. Well, to me, what happened is this man has a belief system here, but not here, because he had no action to it. He couldn't possibly actually comprehend that somebody could use faith in a, in a down real estate market to believe God for prosperity. He thought it was absolutely impossible. So do you see there's a disconnect? He says one thing, right? We know how to say the right things. We, we believe the Bible stories, but yet we don't see how that could actually apply to our everyday life today. And that's where we get this disconnect between belief and faith. So I want to look a little bit deeper at what faith actually is. If you look at Hebrews 11, verse 1. Now faith, and this is in the Amplified. I love it in the Amplified version. Now faith is the assurance the confirmation, the title deed of the things we hope for, being the proof of things we do not see and the conviction of their reality. Faith perceiving as real fact what is not revealed to the senses. So in other words, it's a conviction of, hey, I may not see it yet, but it's already mine. It's already there. God's already given it to me. So here it says it's the title deed of things we hope for. Um, let's say that thing you're hoping for is a thing that you just need an answer for a family that's falling apart, a child situation, a healing in your body, a financial breakthrough, whatever it is, that's the thing you're hoping for. Well, here it's saying faith is the title deed. Now, I want to just explain a title deed. A title deed actually gives you ownership of a vehicle, right? Right? So if I had this title deed, this is from my vehicle, a 2015 Mercedes SUV. And it's back in Florida right now, but this title deed... If you get ownership of this title deed, that means the vehicle is yours, right? It's no longer mine. This piece of paper, it doesn't look like a car. 
It's nothing like a car. You can't drive it. But this title deed actually gives you the ownership for it. So if I gave this to you, you now have a new car. Correct? Okay, that's what faith is. Faith is saying, I'm taking ownership of it. And people go, doesn't look like you have a new car, right? It doesn't, you know, you can't drive it yet. I don't know what you're talking about. It's not yours. And that's what people do. It's like, I'm believing God for a breakthrough. Well, I don't see it happening, you know? You're sick. You're coughing. Well, I'm healed. No, you're not. You're sick. Don't you know what the doctors are saying? You know, we have to take hold of it and go, no, it's mine. I've got the title deed to this. It may not look like it. But here's the thing is faith now, what happens is, if I gave you this, this, this deed, this vehicle is in Florida. So, would you say, you know, it's too much work. I don't want to go to Florida to get that. Forget it. I don't want it. Or would you go like, hey, I'm going to do whatever I can to get down to Florida. Going to grab a couple hundred dollars on an airline ticket, go down there, and get what was mine. I think most of you would take the journey to Florida and find a way to get there. Yeah, you're offering right now, aren't you? Yeah. Because it's worth it when you understand that it's actually yours. I'm not saying, hey, maybe, you know what, this is a lottery ticket, and I'm going to put a thousand names, yours is one name, and another thousand, and maybe I'll pull your name. No, you have the title deed, which means you have the absolute ownership of this thing. Okay? And I'm saying, though, what happens is the journey of faith is the process of, I have the title deed, because God's word said it, I'm going to put faith to it, God said it, I'm having it, that's done, it's already settled, now I'm going to go and possess it. Now sometimes that car is sitting right outside your door, and it happens right away. Other times it's like you've got to hitchhike all the way down there, and it seems like a journey you could never imagine to get there. But it's worth it when you understand. And you'll do whatever it takes if you understand that it's already yours. Okay? So that's what faith is. is Faith is just knowing that it's yours. Faith is saying we already believe it's ours. It's that whatever God has for us, it's ours. And now we're just in the journey of possessing it. But you already own it. The moment this happens to you, you own it. Faith is saying when you ask God for something and you put it to his word, that you own it. That healing is yours. Even if you're feeling sick, even if you've got symptoms on your body, your healing is yours. Now you've just got to walk out the process. Okay? So, let's keep going. We limit God by what we believe or think in our heart. Because Jesus often did miracles with a catch. You know, I hate the catches. You know, it's this little fine print at the bottom of a contract, that little catch. But here, this is, you'll see this often and throughout the Gospels. Matthew 9, 29. According to your faith... Your trust and confidence in my power and my ability to heal, it will be done for you. According to whose faith? Our faith. We have a part to play. We have to increase our capacity for belief, for faith. Because you see, belief is in the head, and faith is in the heart that causes us to react, to act on what we actually believe. If you believe you're healed, you're going to start acting differently. If you believe God's got a job for you, you're going to start acting differently than if you thought, well, I don't know whatever's going to happen. But the thing is here, faith cannot go, on be, go beyond your belief. If I didn't believe that exercising an hour a day would help me, why in the world would I do that, right? <laughs> that, that's crazy. So we have to have a belief system that's strong 
and a faith that acts on that belief song, and they both are required to be in balance. So how do we increase those? Because we have to increase both of those. So I want you to imagine, I was actually born not in Manitoba, I was born in Toronto, Ontario, and um, close to Niagara Falls. So have you guys heard of Niagara Falls? Okay, beautiful, beautiful waterfall. That waterfall is massive, and even in 40 below weather, that thing keeps pouring water. And not once have I ever heard a scientist say, hey, we're really concerned that Niagara Falls is gonna run out of water, right? It's just not, it's so full of provision. So I want, what I want you to do is just pretend there's this massive waterfall right here. And what that is, is it's God's grace and his provision. His grace means his unmerited favor and provision. Okay, so, so this is all God's grace, and it's all his provision, and it's never-ending. It's not going to run out. There's more than enough for everybody. There's, more than, there's just more than enough. Okay, so that's, that's this waterfall. But here I want us to look at access to this waterfall. At Christmas time, there's, there's two kinds of gifts we talk about. We talk about the gift of Jesus Christ, and we talk about the gifts that Santa brings. The thing with Santa is all of those gifts are determined by what? Whether we are naughty or nice. Those gifts are fully dependent on how we act, what we do, how we behave. And we take that accidentally into Christianity of if I'm good enough to serve God, if I'm good enough to get that blessing, if I'm good enough, if I do all the right things, all that kind of thing. But here the thing is, Jesus' gift, this blessing, this grace— has nothing to do with you and I. It has everything to do with Jesus and how good he is. <sighs> kind of go, phew. Right? That means I don't have to perform to access it. All I have to know is how to access it because Jesus already paid the price. He's already providing it. So we have this huge waterfall and it's all the provision. Now, God comes to you and says, hey, here's my provision. I, I'm, thousands of promises in the word of God. They're all yours. You can come and take as much as you want. Take as much as you want. So I come, and I've got this little cup, and I come to the waterfall, and I put it under there, and no matter how much water pours over it, right, because it would be like a lot of water, I can only come away with how much? This amount. This is what's called my capacity. And this cup represents my belief system. So no matter how much provision he's got, I'm coming to him with his little provision, this little thing. So anyways, the next person then comes. They're getting a little smarter. They come with a cup. And they go under that waterfall, and they come back, and, but they can only come away with what? This size, what their belief system is. They, it doesn't matter how much they may want it. They may want all that water, but they can only walk away with what is in your capacity. Then somebody else comes with a pitcher, right? Getting a little smarter, right? This person is believing a little bit more, right? They've, they've learned how to believe for a little bit more. But then someone's catching on. And they come into the waterfall with this. They're like, woof. Okay, God, I want more. I want more. And they, they, this is their capacity. They're coming with a larger capacity. So how much more can they take away? A lot more. Then somebody backs up a truck, a tanker truck, and just starts filling the tanker truck. But here's what happens. The person with this goes, that's not fair. 
you're taking too much. You're not, you're just supposed to, I only got this much. Why did you get so much? Why is God doing all those things in your life? Why isn't he showing up for me? Why did he do miracles for you? I'm in just as desperate a situation as you were. Why isn't he coming, why isn't he answering my need? But God said you can all take as much as you want, but you can only walk away with your, what your capacity is. And our capacity has to be expanded by learning, by growing. Because you see, this represents your belief. And the act of taking your belief system to that waterfall is faith. Okay, so you're going to go, you know what? I believe God has got provision for me. Man, I haven't got money to eat right now, but praise God, his word said he is more than enough, that he will give us abundance, that, that he's faithful to us, he will supply all my needs. So you know what? I'm going to go over here, and I'm going to thank you, Lord. I'm going to, I'm just, I know, God, you've got that job coming. You've got that increase. And you start thanking him, and you start worshiping him, because you're tapping into it by faith, okay? It's not enough to believe. You've got to go to that provision and, and take it. But who determines the size of your container? You do. God is not holding anything back from you. He is not holding anything back. He doesn't want anyone to perish. He doesn't want anyone to miss out on his great provision. But you determine your container size. So you see, for us, when we first started this journey, so we love Jesus. That wasn't the issue. It was the size of our container for everything else that he had for us. Our container was this big for healing and supernatural. And all of a sudden, we had a, a revelation moment, and our container started growing, right? And shortly after that, we just kept growing. We kept growing our capacity until this, and then we kept growing and growing. And ultimately, what you want is you want a pipeline that's connected, where you've got constant water flow, where your faith is so engaged in all the God promises God's had. And that's what we see. We see miracles every single week. We're seeing supernatural things happen all the week because we've increased our capacity. It doesn't always happen overnight, but we have to work to realize we are going to control what that capacity is. Is it going to be this? Is it going to be this? Is it going to be this? The good news is we can grow our capacity. Isn't that great news? We're not limited to our capacity, but we have to determine it. So um, I want to give you four, four quick um, things of how you can increase your capacity. First one, who are you hanging with? <laughs> the Bible says that iron sharpens iron. In other words, it's being around other people who are like you, who believe the same way. And you know, this is a huge contributing thing. You know, we had seen the miraculous. We had seen, you know, broken bones on our bodies, bro healed, supernaturally healed. We had seen two children come back literally from the brink of death, told that, you know, say your goodbyes, and they came back to life. And all of these things, we'd seen financial turnaround. But we moved to Florida. We're attending a church that did not believe in miracles. We didn't realize that at first. And all of a sudden, a couple years in, we realized, wait, when was the last time we believed God for anything? We hadn't seen any miracles in our life. We had been living a miracle lifestyle, and all of a sudden, we hadn't seen any miracles. And it woke, I, one day, it was like, it hit me. I'm like, oh, God, why are we not? And we realized that nobody around us believed in miracles. They loved Jesus. I was thankful for that. So what we did is we created our own environment for miracles. And we started, we, we created a class called Victorious Living, which is what my book is about. 
and we started teaching faith. We started teaching the supernatural. We started teaching what we had seen God do. And we said, we're going to teach ourselves happy. That's why we did it. And it happened to have 12 people come. The second time we taught it, we had 50 people come. The third time we taught this class, we had 150 people come, and miracles were breaking out all over the place, and we ended up starting a church. But we had to look at who is around us because it really matters. The second point, by hearing. Romans 10, 17. Consequently, faith comes from hearing the message, and the message is heard through the word of Christ. So how do we hear? By other people's testimonies. I'm hoping that as you're hearing something today, it's stirring you up. Um, by hearing God's spoken word. By reading the Bible and speaking it out of your mouth. By meditating on it. Okay, we have to make sure we're, we're putting the word of God. I'm telling you, when we had a situation where our son was a year old, and uh, Rory had explained shared part of our story, but this happened to us with two of our children, actually, but one of them had an anaphylactic shock when he was a year old, and his head swelled about 50% bigger than normal, and uh, the doctor told us, don't even wait for an ambulance, just take him to the hospital. So we're on the way to the hospital, he's vomiting, he's one massive rash, and um, in the car, his eyes rolled back in his head, he flopped down, and he was gone, and I just looked at him, and thank God my capacity had started growing. Thank God my capacity for healing has started growing at that point. And I said, no, in Jesus' name, you will live and you will not die. Right now, I speak life into you. Thank goodness my capacity wasn't at that little cup anymore, that I at least knew that God wanted to heal him. And his eyes opened up, swelling started to go down. And you know, our faith, we decided we're going to dig into the word of God. Now, let me tell you, having heard one message on healing is not going to get you your healing. You've got to build your capacity through the Word of God. So what we did is we dove in and we learned everything we could about healing. We were speaking Scripture over Him every single day. That's all we did. In our cars, we were listening to healing. We were reading healing. We were seeing what the Word of God said about it. We filled ourselves because we had to increase our capacity. Well, at a year old, we took him in. This is a life-threatening allergy, and it was completely disappeared. They said it's impossible. They did the test four times. It was documented as a medical miracle. But that journey of putting the Word of God in us increased our capacity to the point now where we easily pray for people all the time and see miracles because our, our capacity increased. So the number third, three thing is by acting on God's Word. James 2.17. So also faith, if it does not have works, deeds and actions of obedience to back it up, by itself is destitute of power, inoperative, and dead. You've got to act like you're pregnant with your miracle. That's the bottom line. If you're actually believing God for something, believe it's actually, prepare for it, right? If you're pregnant, you're not going to just not get ready for that. You're going to get ready for that baby because you know it's coming. Even if we can't see the baby, you know it's coming. Well, be pregnant with your miracles. Start acting, start expecting. You're believing God for a job? Expect that that's the most amazing bo a job that's going to be around the corner, just that it's there. Because as we learn to obey what God asks of us, to step out and to believe him for impossible things, we're growing our faith. So as we start obeying him, do the little things he, t he tells us to do, even as crazy as it sounds. It might not make sense, but as you do it, your faith will grow. And number four, with patience. Often our trust and faith grows during the time we wait for God to bring our miracle. Don't, don't, what I've learned is don't despise the waiting period. Just be patient. Know that God's growing something. Those were some of the, that year where we had to believe for our son's healing, where he actually got worse before he got better, was the greatest year because it allowed us to delve in and build our capacity for what God had ahead of us. 
So how will God do it? I have no idea. God can do it however he wants to do it. I have seen God do miracles every which way. I have learned enough that it's not going to be the same way for you as it was for somebody else. So I, I just kind of got, I don't know how you're going to do it. You know? But I just know. Like, we're homeless as a church right now. We sold our building. As we were moving into a new building, they breached on the contract, wouldn't sell it to us, and we ended up homeless. But you know what? God told us that at the new year of 2022, he would have a building for us. So guess what? We're confident. We're preparing. We're getting ourselves ready. We don't know where it is, but God's got it. And that's where there's a confidence that comes in that. But the true action of faith is holding on to a promise and declaring, I will not be denied, then acting like it's done. That's what this is about. It's in this Christmas season where God wants to pour everything out on you. Just say, hey, I, I take that promise and I will not be denied. And, you know, it's time for some of us to sit up and go, not today, Satan. Not today. You know, there's that point where it's like, I am done with the enemy messing with my life. Not today. God promised me something and I will not be denied. I just want to pray with you for just a moment. And, you know, I know in a room like this, there's people, there's needs, all different kinds. Maybe it's a family situation or a healing or whatever that might be. I just want to pray for you and believe that God's got something big for you. We've seen blind eyes healed over this last year and deaf ears open and we've seen families restored, children that had been lost for 15 years come back home. We've seen all kinds of things and I just believe God's got something and I pray that your capacity has grown enough to receive today. Lord, in Jesus' name, I just thank you so much for each and every person here. Lord, I just pray that our capacity for everything you have would just grow a little bit more today. Lord, I pray that we would believe you for just a little bit more, that we would understand that your greatness and your goodness just wants to pour into our lives. But I pray for every person here. I just pray that you would speak life. I speak and command life on every body. I command sickness and disease and pain off of bodies right now. Lord, I speak to broken homes and to times of crisis. Lord, that you would just move in, and may you do, according to your word, exceedingly abundantly more than they could ask, think, or imagine. And we just declare it right now, and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Thank you so much, Joanne, for a powerful word, a timely word, just inspiring. So I thank you so much. We have had an awesome weekend. Uh, ladies, if you were here last night, I know you enjoyed it. I had a wonderful time. Uh, we were so glad Joanne even made it. Um, her flight was kind of crazy yesterday with delays. Um, and then she finally did make it here, which we were so glad she made it because the girls and I were waiting at the airport for her. And then it came on. We were waiting for her bags, and they came on, and they said um, the cargo door where the bags are kept, they couldn't get it open. So as we were sitting there waiting for the baggage, it was like one flight after another, and they were like, no, this is from Dallas, this is from New York, and we just kept on waiting and waiting, and an hour and a half later, her bags, they finally got the cargo door open so they could get the bags off the flight. So it was kind of a long day for Joanne, but we just have had a powerful weekend, and we know the Lord has shown up, and the Lord has been here today. So we just thank you so much for increasing, I love that word, increasing our capacity. So just wonderful. So we're so thankful that you're here. And um, we got to catch up. I don't know if you care, but she's just a really good friend of mine. It's been years since we've seen each other in person, so we've just had an awesome time. I pray that you've been blessed as well. So here's what's coming up at New Promise Church. Thank you to all those who volunteered for Santa Meets Jesus. It was a great success, but we know it can be bigger and better. If it's, please put them in the box at the welcome desk or email the church office. Upward season is underway, and we still need some volunteers to help open and close for the practices during the week. If you are able to help, please see Ron Trebeck. 
Next Sunday, our kids' choir will be singing in both of our morning services. On Sunday, December 26th, we will be having one morning service at 10.30 a.m. There will be childcare provided, but there is no fusion as Pastor Nick will be preaching that Sunday. Join us on Friday, December 24th for our Christmas Eve candlelight service. It is a one-hour service that will include music that we all know and love and a candle lighting. We can't wait to see you there. Hey guys, this Thursday morning, Bob Santos is starting a one-hour men's Bible study from 7 to 8 a.m. here in the cafe. All men are invited to attend and then go to the Men's Breakfast Club at the Silver Skillet Cafe at 8.30 on Route 306 in Chesterland. Thank you for being here today at New Promise Church. Have a great and blessed week. So as you've heard, Upward Basketball has started, and Ron is looking for a few people to help out with monitoring the building uh, when practices are going on in here. We need someone out in the lobby area watching those kids as they run back and forth to the bathroom or whatever they're doing out there. Um, so we just need a couple of volunteers, which would be much appreciated. Ron seems to be living here like 24-7 since Upward Basketball has started. So we would love your help with that. So as before we go today, let's uh, bow in prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your word this morning. Thank you that it's a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. And today, Lord Jesus, we have heard that we need to increase our capacity. So I pray for each one here listening today, Lord, that you would increase our capacity. And we look forward to this Christmas season, Lord Jesus, as you pour into our lives, pour into our hearts, that you would do that for each one of us today, Lord. And just come expecting, come attempting great things for you, Lord Jesus. So I'm excited just to see what's going to be happening uh, over these next few days. And so I pray for each one today that you would just bless us and keep us and make your face shine upon us today. We ask these in your precious name. Amen. Thank you for coming out. Have a great day.